Hey kids, welcome to Papa's Bible Stories. For each episode, I pick a Bible story to talk to my kids about. I have a beautiful son, Jacob, who is eight, and a beautiful daughter, Leah, who is five. And these stories are for them. But even though these stories are for my kids, Jacob, Leah, and I would love it very much if you decided to join us. What do you say? Let's get started. So, today's episode picks up where we left off last time, with Jacob. Last we left Jacob, he had just gotten through a few big scares. He had just escaped his uncle Laban, he'd survived wrestling with a super wrestler from heaven, and survived his brother coming after him with 400 men. Finally, Jacob crossed into Canaan, his home country, and started to head for home which was a place called Hebron. Hebron was also where his father lived. Yes, yes, that's right. Jacob's father was still alive. His mother had sadly died. Uh, But somehow, after all these years that Jacob had been in Padanaram, his father Isaac was still alive. And probably this is when Jacob started to breathe a sigh of relief. He was almost home. But unfortunately, life was not going to be kind to Jacob for quite a while. On the short trip to Hebron, two important people in Jacob's life died. The first one was Deborah, his mother Rebekah's nurse, who had come with his mother to Canaan all those years before. She was probably Jacob's last link to his beloved mother. And when Deborah died, Jacob named the place where she was buried Alon Bakuth, which means Terebinth of Weeping. And not too long after that, the unthinkable happened. His beloved wife Rachel, well, she died. Rachel and Jacob had had a son back in Padanaram, and his name was Joseph. And then, on their way back to Canaan, she had gotten pregnant again. But something went wrong during the birth of the child, and and while her baby boy was born safely, Rachel died giving birth to him. Jacob had loved Rachel so much that he had worked for 14 years to be able to marry her. Her death must have hit Jacob hard. And unfortunately, the heartache didn't end with Rachel and Deborah. Jacob finally arrived in Hebron and was reunited with his father Isaac. It must have been an interesting reunion. Imagine not seeing your father for 20 years. And it would have been heartwarming to see his children getting to know their grandfather. But his father was very old. 180 years old, to be exact. And not too long after Jacob and his father were reunited, the Bible says that Isaac breathed his last and died, and was gathered to his people. 
So now three people who have been very important in Jacob's life have died, and all within a very short period of time. But Jacob's heartache didn't end even there. Jacob's sons, the ten sons that had been born before Joseph, well, they had turned out to be pretty terrible. These sons did all kinds of terrible things. They were hateful, jealous, revengeful, perverse, violent, and even murderous. In fact, two of his sons, Simeon and Levi, the second and third oldest sons, they took revenge on an entire city in Shechem by killing all the men living in the city. Then the rest of his sons went into the city, took all the women and children as captives, stole all the animals, and stole all the money. They were truly terrible sons. They were a constant source of problems and disappointment. And all this was on top of everything else that had happened to Jacob. And Jacob became a man weighed down with worry. But then there was Joseph. Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. That boy turned out to be an entirely different story. Joseph was obedient, kind, pure, hardworking, and he diligently followed God's laws and his father's instructions. Joseph seemed to have been the one positive thing happening in Jacob's life. The one thing going right. All these bad things kept happening to Jacob. The death of Deborah, the death of Rachel, the death of his father Isaac, and the constant trouble from his ten sons. But through all that, at least there was Joseph. And as far as we can tell in the Bible, it seems that Jacob and Joseph were very close. After Joseph's mother had died, Joseph probably ended up spending more time with his father than his other brothers would have. A lot of the instruction that he would have received from his mother, Joseph would have gotten from his father instead. So they spent a lot of time together. And Jacob went ahead and made Joseph this super amazing and probably super expensive multicolor coat. And they got so close that the Bible tells us that Israel, that is Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children. Uh, Rutrow, it sounds like we are seeing a parent playing favorites with their children again. Now, do you kiddos remember the last episode where we saw parents playing favorites with their kids? That's right. The episode about Jacob and Esau. Remember that Isaac's favorite had been Esau and Rebecca's favorite had been Jacob? And did that end up causing just a few problems? It sure did. But for some reason, Jacob didn't seem to pick up that particular lesson from his younger days. 
It seemed that Jacob was going to be repeating those same mistakes that had resulted in so many problems. And indeed, the Bible says, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Something tells me that this is not going to end well. And Joseph, for his part, well, he didn't exactly make it very easy for his brothers to like him. Not only was their father obviously playing favorites with him, not only did their father give him that super awesome multicolor coat, but Joseph also had these, well, slightly infuriating dreams. The Bible says that when Joseph was 17 years old that he said to his brothers, Please hear this dream that I have dreamed. There we were, bringing sheaves in the field. By the way, sheaves are bundles of, of a grain harvest, like wheat or barley. It's how people harvested grains before big machines like combines came along. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. The meaning of the dream was clear. One day, Joseph's brothers would bow down to him. His brothers were upset, and they were incredulous. What kind of a dream was that? And they said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? Who did this kid think he was? If Joseph ever thought that they were going to bow down to him, well, he had another thing coming. And the Bible says that they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. But I guess that Joseph didn't quite exactly get the hint because, lo and behold, Joseph had another dream. And of course, he just couldn't keep it to himself. He just had to tell his brothers. And he went to them and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. The meaning of this dream was clear too, that one day his brothers would bow down to him, and not only his brothers, but his father and mother too. That was even more galling than the first dream. And this time, Joseph's father was there, and even he was a bit taken aback by the dream. And the Bible says that his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? Enough with the dreams, Joseph. Well, not too long after all this dreaming, the Bible says that Joseph's brothers 
went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And the brothers were probably all too happy to have an excuse to finally get away from Joseph and all these, well, irritating dreams. And off they went to Shechem. Some time went by without Jacob hearing any word from his sons. And Jacob started to worry. Now don't forget, Shechem, where his sons had gone to feed the flocks, well, that was the place where his sons had taken revenge on that city and killed all those people. And the people who lived around there, well, they certainly didn't like his sons very much. So when Jacob didn't hear back from them by the time he was expecting, he understandably started to worry and decided he needed to do something. So he went to his dependable son, Joseph, and said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So off Joseph went to make sure that his brothers were safe. Now Shechem isn't too far from Hebron, but it isn't exactly close either. It was maybe about 50 miles or, or 80 kilometers north of Hebron. And when he finally got there, he couldn't find his brothers in Shechem. But someone told him that they had gone a little farther north to a place called Dothan. So off to Dothan, Joseph went. And as Joseph arrived in Dothan, the Bible says that Joseph's brothers saw him afar off. They were most likely able to know that it was Joseph from such a far distance because of the bright multicolor coat that he was most likely wearing. The sight of Joseph and the coat would have been a surprise, probably an unwelcome surprise. They were probably still trying to calm down from those dreams that they'd had to listen to. And they probably hadn't been expecting to have to deal with their brother for quite a while longer. And surprise, here he was, wearing that infuriating coat that only reminded them that Joseph was their father's favorite son. Oh, and maybe they were going to have to endure more of those infuriating dreams. And very quickly, unknown to Joseph, the brothers got angrier and angrier and angrier the closer that he got. They got so angry that the Bible says that even before Joseph came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. And they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. Wow, these were some terrible brothers. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, those brothers, no matter how badly they behaved, did not deserve to be treated as second-rate to Joseph. And being tempted to be annoyed and, and maybe frustrated by a situation like that is understandable, though of course we should still try not to be. But to go from that to murder, and not just anyone, but murdering your own little brother? And to think about tossing your brother's body into some hole in the ground in the middle of nowhere? Well, that's a special kind of evil. And they would have done just that. Except that, thankfully, one of the brothers seemed to have been thinking straight. Reuben, the oldest of the brothers heard what the other brothers were talking about, and his heart probably sank. They were going to do what? I mean, Reuben was probably angry with Joseph too, but to kill him? That was insane. He had to do something. So, Reuben came up with a plan. Reuben knew the anger of his brothers, and he knew that once they were that angry that he wouldn't be able to entirely stop them from what they wanted to do. But if he could just convince them to just slightly change their mind, maybe they didn't have to kill Joseph right at that very moment. Well, then maybe that might open a window for Reuben to do something. So Reuben said to his brothers, Let us not kill him. And he continued, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him. So basically, Reuben was saying to his brothers that they didn't have to directly kill Joseph in order for him to die. All they had to do was throw him into some pit and as long as he wasn't able to get out, Joseph would die on his own from either thirst or starvation. And the brothers thought about it and agreed. They would throw their brother into a pit and let him starve to death. And all the while, Reuben was planning to secretly come later and rescue him. So with Reuben's plan seemingly working out, before Joseph got there, Reuben found an excuse to be somewhere else, and he would rescue Joseph sometime later on his way back to the camp. Now, of course, Joseph had no idea that any of this was going on, and he probably walked right up to his brothers, probably happy to have found them and happy to know that they were all okay. But it wouldn't have taken long for Joseph to realize that he was in big trouble. The Bible says that. It came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit. The brothers roughly grabbed him and immediately ripped off that multicolored coat. And before Joseph knew what was happening, he'd been thrown into a huge hole in the ground. And then the brothers, 
just walked away. Joseph would have been shocked, alone and scared. What was going on? How could his brothers have done this to him? What had he done to deserve this? And surely his brothers weren't just going to just leave him here, were they? But as we know, that's exactly what they were planning. Except for Reuben, of course, who still hadn't returned. Now, maybe the brothers weren't feeling quite right about what they'd done, or maybe they were thinking through how awful it actually was to die of starvation or thirst. We aren't really sure what was going through their heads, but what we do know is that even though they were still angry, they were still looking for some kind of an excuse to avoid leaving their brother in that pit. And while they were sitting there thinking about it, wouldn't you know it, an excuse appeared on the horizon. The Bible says, They lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing spices, balm, and myrrh, on their way to carry them down to Egypt. It was a band of traitors. And that's when Judah the fourth oldest brother, had an idea. And Judah turned to his brothers and said, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. Judah wanted to sell Joseph to the traders as a slave. You see, kidzos, back then, slavery was alive and well, and anyone could become a slave. You could be walking down the road and see some lone stranger, and you could gang up on him with your friends, capture the guy, and go sell him as a slave. But it was a terrible thing to do, because being a slave, well, that was terrible. Whomever your master was could treat you as horribly as they wanted, and there was nothing you could do about it. As a slave, you didn't get paid for your work, which you were forced to do, and you didn't have any future. All you had to look forward to was waking up every day to a full, hard day of work. In fact, being a slave was so terrible that many people were more afraid of becoming a slave than dying. And this is what Judah was suggesting they do to their very own brother. And the Bible says that his brothers listened. Well, where was Reuben and, and what was happening with that rescue plan? Well, whatever Reuben was doing, he still hadn't come back. And his brothers, well, they didn't wait for him to come back before going ahead with their plan. And the Bible says that. The brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. When Joseph was being lifted out of the pit, he would have seen the traders 
and realized what was happening. He would have screamed and cried and pled with his brothers to please change their minds. But the brothers felt that they'd gone too far down this path to turn back now. They ignored their brother's cries and handed him over to the traders and took the money. And just like that, Joseph went from being the favored and loved son of a rich patriarch who belonged to a family with a rich heritage and had special promises that were going to be fulfilled for an almighty God to being a slave, the lowest of the lowest, on his way to a country where he would be a complete stranger and be completely alone. As the traders disappeared into the distance, Reuben finally came back. And right away, he went to the pit where Joseph was supposed to be. And of course, Joseph wasn't there. And he went to his brothers and, and frantically asked where Joseph was. And they told him that Joseph had been sold as a slave and that there was no way to get him back. And now giving up on tricking his brothers, Reuben tore his clothes and shouted, The lad is no more, and I, where shall I go? Reuben was beside himself. How could he have failed his brother like this? And how could he face his father with something like this? Reuben's brothers were probably pretty surprised when they found out about Reuben's rescue plan. But after they got over that, there was indeed a problem that the rest of them probably hadn't thought about yet. What were they going to tell their father? Obviously, they weren't going to tell him the truth. And they did some thinking, and they came up with a plan. And the Bible says, They took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. They were going to pretend that they found Jacob's multicolored coat in a field somewhere, covered in blood. The idea was that when their father saw the coat covered in blood, and if he was told that they'd randomly found the coat somewhere, he would probably think that Joseph had been attacked by some wild animal. It was a big, huge lie, of course. But these were some pretty horrible brothers. And what was one more lie for them if it meant avoiding getting into trouble? And so, the brothers journeyed back to Hebron with Joseph's bloody coat in hand. And when they arrived, the Bible says that they brought the tunic to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And of course, Jacob recognized the coat right away. It was Joseph's. What had happened to his poor son? And Jacob said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without a doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. And the Bible says that Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his waist 
and mourned for his son many days. Now the brothers would have anticipated that their father was going to be upset. I mean, what father wouldn't be upset? Losing a son or a daughter is almost unimaginable. But I doubt that the brothers were prepared for just how sad their father became after hearing the news. Jacob just wouldn't stop mourning. The Bible says that. All his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I shall go down to the grave to my son in mourning. After losing his dear wife Rachel, Deborah, and his father Isaac, after all the terrible things that his other sons had done, Joseph had been the one light in a vast sea of darkness that was Jacob's life. And now that one light had been snuffed out. From Jacob's perspective, he hadn't just lost a dear son and friend, but he'd lost hope. And as far as Jacob was concerned, his life was over. And Jacob cried and cried and cried. And the brothers saw their father's grief and suffering, and they knew that their father's mourning was because of a lie. They could have told their father the truth, but they couldn't bring themselves to do it. And they held the secret of Joseph's true fate deep in their hearts. And life continued on, as it always does. Many years would go by, and the brothers would continue to keep their secret. But Joseph's story wasn't over yet. And one day, many years later, the truth would be revealed in the most extraordinary way. All right, kidzos, that's it for this episode. So what'd you guys think about the story? Those were some pretty terrible brothers, weren't they? Jish. In the next episode, we are going to continue the story with Joseph and how he's doing in his new life as a slave. But until then, to all the kids tuning in, I hope you have an awesome day, God be with you, and I hope we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.